0: Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Welcome to it. Good to be together, isn't it? And huge, huge congratulations to all those guys who got baptized. What you don't know is that we heated that water up. It's 42 degrees. It feels like a jacuzzi. So if you saw some of them not wanting to get out of there, you know why. (laughs) Amazing to see people taking their next steps and people in move forward at the moment and people online. Welcome to you if you're joining us online today. so great that you've connected in with us. Let me ask you a question, quick one. Have you ever been confronted with something, seen something, had something presented to you and you have no idea what it is you're looking at? Caitlin brought this to me the other day, this little thing. This, my friends, is called a fidget. I had no idea what a fidget was. Those of you who've got young kids in school, you probably have got fidgets in your house. They come in all shapes, sizes, forms. You know, I can see people nodding. They know what I'm talking about. This particular fidget is quite different because it's kind of magnetic, and so you can, you kind of turn it, and it does all sorts of random and weird and wonderful things. And Kate brought it to me, and she says, Dad, check out my fidget, and she started to play with it, started to fidget with it. And uh, I said to her, well, what is it for? She said, it's so that you can fidget. <laughs> and I said to her, do you have it at school? She says, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's, a whole, there's a whole black market trade going on for these things at school. There's secondhand trading going on of fidgets like, like you can't believe. And in the days and weeks that I followed, I've noticed how every day she brings home a new fidget because her friend has traded her this one for that one and all sorts of things. And you can see how I'm fidgeting with it right now. It's quite addictive, I won't lie. But I thought it was so weird, because I don't know, but look, I don't want to feel like an old toppy, but I'm pretty sure this is true for many of you. When we went to school, we were taught not to fidget. And yet now we bring fidgets to school. (laughs) But you know, really, the the point of me showing you this is the first time she showed this thing to me, look, I can't stop fidgeting, it's quite addictive. The first time she brought this thing to me, I had absolutely no no idea what I was looking at at all. I needed it explained to me, right? And uh, Jesus' parables, the stories that he told, the illustrative object lessons that he told are just like that. Sometimes we look at them, and the one that we're gonna look at today in particular is one of those where you look at it and you think, I have no idea what you're on about. And we're in this series that's um, called Small Stories, Big Truths. It's how Jesus, he was a master storyteller. He could pack so much truth, so much weight, so much oomph into a short, short, short little story. And today we're going to dive into one of Jesus' most um, misunderstood Perhaps I would say his most difficult parable to understand. The reason is the parable doesn't seem like it lines up with the rest of Jesus' teaching. It's almost like you feel like Jesus is on one track with his teaching, but this one stands out and doesn't look anything like the rest of his teaching. And if you're not quite sure where he's headed with it and why he's doing what he's doing, you could easily misunderstand it. It's, I think, his most misunderstood. It's also his most mysterious parable. And so we're going to dive into that. Today, it's a parable which teaches us the realities of life. Uh, What he does, Jesus, in the short story is he uncovers and he unearths how life works and how you and I can learn to thrive even when life throws us curveballs, when life gets complicated. I think at its essence and at its core, this parable is a story, it's a lesson, it's a teaching on what to do when life gets complicated. Anybody in the building or online, would you agree with me that life has become more complicated over the last, say, 18 months? Would you agree with me? And so Jesus teaches us in these few lines, really something, two realities of life, two, two life principles, two, two things that when you look below the surface, he's teaching us, that have the power to change your life if you and I, if we really grab a hold of them today. Are you all good? Yes. All good in the hood? Yes. Let's go. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Jesus told this story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. Right, so straight away, let's just stop, look, look at me if you don't mind. We're introduced to two characters straight away. There's a rich guy, an entrepreneur, a business owner, and then he's got the business manager. The business manager, not the business owner, the business manager is the main guy in the story. He's the main character in the story. We're going to learn about what he's done what he is doing and then what he does when his life becomes complicated. One day a report came that the business manager was wasting his employer's money. Shame, if you'll click through for me please guys. So the employer called him in and said, what's this I hear about you? In other words, what are you doing? What are you up to, you know? Uh, get your reports in order because you're going to be fired. Will you help me out with that up thanks. So he says to him, get your report in order. You're, gonna, you're about to be fired. So what's going on is this guy has been dodgy. He's been messing around. He's been, he's been not doing what he's supposed to. He's been unfaithful with his boss's work and with his possessions. And he says to him, right, so your day of reckoning is coming. He says to him, you're, you're, about to, you're about to get your day in court. <laughs> Reality of life number one. Jesus introduces to us here. This this business manager, the guy who's been dodgy, the guy who should be hauled in front of the Zondo Commission, as we will see later, (laughs) this guy. Jesus says, reality of life number one is this. Faithfulness matters. And faithfulness determines our future. Servants are expected to be faithful with their master's property are you with me reality of life is that faithfulness really really matters jesus gives us a framework for faithfulness here's the framework four-step framework for faithfulness if you want to know what faithfulness looks like biblically here is how it goes number one there is a standard you with me there is a standard for faithfulness. Let me, let me get it to you really practically. If you're employed in a company, the standard for faithfulness is, guess what? Your employer is giving you money in exchange for eight hours of your work per day. Yeah. Now, some of you might look, work way more than eight, and you might think eight hours, please, if only. <laughs> so that's number one. There is the standard, right? Number two, it's understood by both parties, okay? Number three, the master is aware or does become or will become aware of what the servant gets up to. And lastly, there will be a consequence. They'll be held accountable. Are you with me? So here's how the framework goes. There's a standard. Both parties know what it is. There'll be some form of awareness and accountability will happen at the end of the day. Are you hanging with me? Faithfulness matters. It really, really determines our future. If Amy, the way she described our lives with a whiteboard, I love the wording, it's like all of these words find their way onto our lives. What Jesus is saying here is that the faithfulness should be written on our lives. There's a man in our, in our church, I won't tell you which campus he's in, or I won't tell you his name, he would hate for me to do that. When I look at his life, he is a picture of faithfulness reason why I say that is he's been working for the same employer, he's built somebody else's business, he's the financial director, he's built somebody else's business, he's been in that company for 42 years, he's about to retire, 42 years, faithful. Not only that, he's been in the same marriage for 41 years. Now, before you get too loud about what an accomplishment that is, you might be sitting next to your spouse, and they might not want to hear that 41 years with them would be an accomplishment. So just look straight ahead and don't. Just grab their knee and just. So same job, 42 years. Same wife, 41 years. Been in the same church for 40 years. Amazing, hey? Eh? Faithful. I think if we had to kind of, you know, like the built different thing, like, like I would do that if I had pecs, but I don't say. So. Um, <laughs> you know, what's on our chest? Faithfulness. I've penned a little phrase, which um, the other day I just wrote it in my journal, which for me has been meaningful. I want to offer it to you. Faithfulness for me is just to say, is to, it's to be faithful to the yes that God has put in front of me. Faithful to the yes that God has put in front of me. You know, we have many yeses in our lives, don't we? Uh, the children that God has graciously given us, those are yeses in front of our very eyes. Our spouses, the jobs, the employment that we have, uh, the finance that we enjoy, the friendships that are in our lives, our moms and dads, the parents and and extended family in our lives. These are all yeses which God has put in front of us. And what Jesus is surfacing is that this business manager had a huge yes in front of him, his employment, but he was not faithful to it. Faithfulness really matters. And far from it being a condemnation of unfaithfulness, I think this parable actually is an invitation from Jesus into faithfulness. It's a moment for us to pause and to ask ourselves, how is our level of faithfulness to what God has called us to, to what the Lord has graciously and kindly given us? It can be so easy to diss our boss. It can be so easy to want to be a, a, a scabanga and do a side hustle in, a, in our working hours. It can be so easy to look at that man or that woman a little bit longer than we, what we should have when we're married. You know, All of these, it can be so easy to let our tithe slip off of our budget when times get tough. It can be so easy to gossip about a friend, you know, but that's unfaithful to our friends. It's unfaithful to our God. It's unfaithful to our employer. It's unfaithful to our spouse. This is an invitation from Jesus to remind ourselves, reality of life, number one, faithfulness matters, and your future and my future and our future hinges upon our faithfulness, because this oak is about to get a hard time coming his way. Are you still with me? All okay? Let's remind ourselves to be faithful, faithful to the yes God has put in front of us. Faithful to our life groups. Faithful to our serving team. Faithful to our, in, our, in our finances, in our giving, in our generosity. Faithful in what God has called us to, and He asks us to help serve the poor and give them dignity. You know, you can buy Nutrigo packs in Cafe Connect. Anytime, this has, this has been a life-changing thing for me. Anytime uh, there's a car guard or somebody that needs something, I can whip out a couple of Nutrigo packs. I never have change in my wallet, but if I've got a Nutrigo car, pack in my car, I can feed somebody a meal for a day. Makes all the difference. We can be faithful in how we serve the poor, faithful in our serving teams, faithful to the gifts God has given us. Here's the phrase faithful to the yes God has put in front of you. Faithfulness. That's reality of life number one. Reality of life number two, we're gonna get there. Let's go to verse three. So the, the manager, he reckons he's about to get fired. He's, a, he's about to get Donald Trump, you're fired, okay? So he starts to figure things out. The manager thought to himself, now what? He says, my boss has fired me. I don't know what to do, basically. I don't have the strength, I love his honesty. I don't have the strength to dig ditches, right? And I'm too proud to beg. At least he calls it what it is. I know what I'll do. He says, I know how to, I'll ensure that my future is sorted. Basically, I'll have plenty of friends when a, when, who will give me a home when I'm fired. I know what I'm gonna do. This is to what he does. So he, he goes along and he makes a plan. Here's the thing. Here's the, here's the principle. Let's pause there. The steward can see the future coming. The business manager, he sees the future coming. Here's the principle. And He responds. He responds there's a big difference between reacting and responding here's how you'll know the difference response is practical reaction is emotional How many of you would agree with me that we live in a reactionary world? We live in an inflammatory world. We live in an emotional world. Hey, Everybody's able to react. Listen, if you go to Twitter, you'll see people gaslighting each other all the time. It's very, very easy to get emotional in your response. What you'll see much less of is solutions. And so everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got a moan. Everybody's got a gripe, but very few people have solutions. What Jesus is teaching us in this parable is that this, this business manager, what's commendable about him, listen, there's not much commendable about him. We've already seen his unfaithfulness. We've already seen Jesus as surface. That faithfulness really matters and it determines your future. But what is commendable about this guy is he responds. He sees the writing on the wall. He sees the cards that he's been dealt and he goes, I need to respond. And He does. Again, difference between reaction and response. Reaction is emotional, response is practical. Reality of life number two is this, church. We have to respond to life. We've got to play the cards that we are dealt. So let's check out what he does. He's he's dodgy, this guy. Listen, he is dodgy. So check out, verse five. So he invited each person who owed money to his employer, and he invited them to come and discuss the situation. He's got a scheme. He's got a, a tenderpreneur, this guy. <laughs> he asked the first one, how much do you owe him? The man replied, I owe him, what, a 1,000 gal- uh, gallons of olive oil. See, 800, sorry, 800 gallons of olive oil. He says, well, just take the bill, just scratch it out and make it, one hundred. eh? Huh? And how much do you owe my, my employee? He says to the second dude. He says, well, uh, I owe him 800, 1,000 bushels of wheat. He says, no, we'll just scratch it out and make it 800. Now, if, as South Africans, we read that, and we get vuse. Because eh? we're like, this sounds like so much of corruption. Hey, so we get voos. Listen, I think people all over the world get voos because if you think corruption only happens in South Africa, it happens everywhere. So we need to just right-size things sometimes, don't we? I mean, this would be like for us, a guy who gets fired and before he leaves the business, he makes a plan to go and source all of the guy's clients. Hey, before I leave the business, clients come my way. No restraint of trade, nothing. And we get angry with it, Right? But the point is that this guy, he responded to life. It's about the only commendable thing about him, but it is the thing that Jesus focuses on. And you would think that when the business man, uh, owner, the entrepreneur, when he gets to hear about this, you would think this guy would go crazy. You, I mean, if he was hacked off before with this guy, now you would think, listen, this would be unbelievable. But it's not, look what happens. There's a twist in the tale. Jesus' parables so often, you think you know which way they're going and then all of a sudden, and that's why I say this is massively confusing because here comes the big twist in the tale. Check it out, verse eight. It says, the rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light now let me just be very very clear for us Jesus is not commending the guy's dodginess he is not giving you an excuse to shortcut on your tax are you with me it went a little bit too silent there are you with me it's an eight o'clock we're cheering at that but 10 o'clock the skabangers here Some of you going like, "Mm." (laughs) "He became a proactive servant. He responded to life. Here's the thing: he played the cards he was dealt." So many people who come to me and they go. My marriage is falling apart. Uh, My finances are up the creek without a pedal. My kids uh, are into their technology and I never see them, they lock themselves in their room. And I talk to them. The solution is very, very clear in most cases. But you know what many guys will say to me? They'll go, I'll so me practical example. I'm feeling disconnected from my husband or my wife. I say, when last did you have a dinner out by yourselves? No, life's too busy. You know, I'm, so I go, I think you should start with with the connection in your marriage. Can you carve out some space and some time to get connected with each other? You know what the response will be? I'm gonna pray about it. <laughs> and I'm like yinna. God will come, he'll say, finances are up the creek with a pedal." I say, are you implementing the advice of scripture in your finances? Right. Yeah. Do you honor God with your first? No, I can't afford to. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna pray about it. <laughs> <laughs> so my kids, they're on technology all the time. We never see them. I say to them, do you have Wi-Fi all over the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, do you have Wi-Fi in their bedrooms? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, take the Wi-Fi out of their bedrooms. No, they won't be happy. I'm gonna have to pray about it. Okay. Camera team, are you ready? This is me pleading with you. Please, never, ever, 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 ever. Can anybody say never, ever? Never, ever, ever. ever. Some of you are like, I'll wait to see what the never, ever is all about first. (laughs) Never, ever, never, ever, 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 Ever. put Wi-Fi in your kids' rooms. Uh, (laughs) How do you have to be and still breathe? (laughs) My son's on porn. That's because he's got a key in his door and Wi-Fi in his room. You don't have to pray about it. You have to take the key out of the door and shut down the Wi-Fi. And then your son will have one less place that he can be on porn. it has gone so quiet in this (laughs) Anglican Catholic church mix. Is it because I mentioned the word porn? <laughs> porn, 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 porn. What <laughs> <laughs> did you learn about a church? Porn. <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's, I, so many people, I wanna pray about it. I wanna see what the Lord says. God's already said you've got wisdom. You can pray for wisdom; He'll give you wisdom. I Feel like sometimes it's just it's just easier. Like you know what you know what I'll pray about it is it's language for I don't actually know what to do, or I'm not prepared to do what I should do, or this is going to be too much of a schlep. I'll never forget years ago. Um, it was after end of end of the year, right at the end of the year. Never forget it. Sunday, the 29th of December in the year whatever, a few years ago. Finished all the Christmas services and been a busy season and then finished the Sunday services and, and walked off the platform that way, came down and sat down here where Calms is in the front row. And as I sat down, my back said, how's it? <laughs> you know, like when it goes <coughs> Anybody's back ever seized up? Like where he goes, and that's it. It felt like somebody had poured cement into my spine. You know, you just, you can't move left, right? You can't move up, down, you can't can't do anything. So I'm like, jeepers, this is a bit. So I thought maybe it'll ease up. By the end of the Sunday, those back doors, if you're online, I'm just pointing towards the back of the auditorium. Those back doors, I crawled through these doors like this. Like this. People are like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. My brother-in-law, and my nephew, he, he, uh, he put me in the car, takes, took, took me off to the medicross to give you a big injection in the back. It did squat, nothing. So anyway, they get me home. Now they're carrying me home, you know, and uh, into the passage. Now I can't, I can't even crawl, so they lifted me and I'm, I'm big, like, a, like a chief on a, on a chair, you know, like that. And as I get to the room, Pastor Cannes laughs at me. She goes, she's, now in hindsight, she wasn't laughing then, but now in hindsight, she's like, you were very dramatic. As I'm getting carried, I call over my shoulder. I go, will I ever walk again? <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those moments. It was so bad, you know? So I go to the chiropractor a couple, two days later. And uh, he says to me, ah, gives me, first he gives me a Cook system. Then he says to me, You got two choices. You can either continue to come and see me every few weeks, make me rich, or you can acknowledge that you have a weakness in your core and you need to start planking in order to plank, in order to fix it. I said to him, What's planking? (laughs) He he says, I'll show you. Apiwe's gonna show us. Come on up, Apiwe. Give her a she looks like she can plank, eh? No, oh. She wants to plank, she's keen. This is the first and only time you may ever see anybody in a leather jacket planking. Doesn't she look amazing? Um, A Pee told me at the moment still, she is single and ready to mingle, But, but this offer expires on Friday, is that right? So, if there are any fine young men looking, I can vouch for. Yeah. Do I, I hear 500? Do I hear 1,000? <laughs> <laughs> Fill in the application form, it's online. Okay. <laughs> because Pew is on staff, and we don't just let any dodgy oak date staff members. We don't. So, you better bring your game, guy. Anyway, P- where are we? You're distracting me. Apiwe is going to plank, 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 plank. This is a plank, everybody. Okay, so you've got to do that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Apiwe. <laughs> Appreciate you. Thanks for the auction. <laughs> okay, so he says to me, you can either make me rich, come back here all the time because you've got a weakness in your core, or you can learn to plank. And in that moment, I had a choice. I could do what? I could say, God, I'm going to pray about it, which is code for I don't want to do that, or code uh, that sounds like a schlep, or code, uh, okay or I could start to plank so I started to plank and I'm grateful to say that I haven't been back to the chiropractor since well it's called a response so a silly example but what you've got to think about is a practical response to life listen when life gets complicated what Jesus is saying is when life gets complicated you've got to learn to respond And while reality of life number one that Jesus unearths here is that faithfulness really matters and it determines our future church, the second reality is that when life gets complicated, you've got to learn to respond to life. Play the cards that you have been dealt. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about their anxiety. And I said to them, so how long do you want to be anxious for? You pick Seriously, like, do you want do you want to wear this as a badge for your entire life? I think people these days we we can wear our um, we can wear our struggle like a like a badge of honor. How long do you want to be anxious for? Get some help. Right, speak to somebody, embark on a process. I was so inspired. The other day, um, by the story of a, of a business called Boxit. anybody ever heard of Boxit? If you've ever moved house or anything, chances are oh, you may have used boxes from Boxit. They realised they saw the writing on the wall economically. Uh, because they, use, they, they specialize in big boxes for like removal of items, house removals and things. They saw as the economy slowed down, people might not be moving as much. They decided to change angle. You know what Boxit decided to do? They decided to pivot their business, and they decided to become specialists in packaging for online businesses. And they position themselves as your partner, your packaging partner. If you've got an online business and you want to get that product to your customer's door, well, they'll say, we will box it for you package it for you. Guess what's happened to their business? Happened to the right. In, I was so inspired by Shine's leadership. Combs mentioned her, the mentoring program earlier. Shine is uh, Thrive Social Justice Organization. It's its own separately registered PBO and NPO. And uh, the Shrine Board changed angle. They changed strategy when lockdown hit. You see, there's a literacy program for grade twos and threes, and then there's a tutoring program for grade tens and elevens, where uh, promising kids in Reicher Park are, are uh, tutored by all sorts of incredible people, or volunteers like in our church and in corporates, And that program then had to shut down as the schools shut down and as COVID shut everything down. But what the shine board did and what Mike did as the director is he spotted a gap. He said, the whole world is moving online. Maybe what we could do is we could change angle and we could reconfigure and change our tutoring program by doing the following. They approached private schools all over the East Rands and Benedicts and St. Dominic's and others. And they said, hey, have you got some amazing grade 12s who've already been through grade 10 and 11? They're strong academically. They've all got Wi-Fi in their houses. They're all at home every day online. Why don't we approach those kids who are looking for things to boost their CV as they make applications for university and job offers and all sorts of things. And let's give them an opportunity in grade 12 to tutor grade 10s and 11s in the the under-resourced areas. And their program exploded. All of a sudden now you only haven't got volunteers from churches and corporates. Now what you've got is a whole group of grade 12s from well-resourced schools, all of whom have Wi-Fi and who've been through grade 10 and 11 already able to tutor and mentor grade 10s and 11s it's a genius strategy guess what happened to the amounts of tutors it shot through the roof because they responded to the cards they were dealt the other day I took Caitlin our daughter for a haircut went to the hairdresser never been to this particular hairdresser before the lady who sat her down I quickly realized in the first 30 seconds this puppy likes to chat She likes to talk. How many of you like to go to the hairdresser and not talk? That's me. She starts talking. I'm like, this is gonna be rough. How quick can you cut this hair? Because as she was talking though, she began to inspire me more and more and more. The longer she talked, the more encouraged I got by her. She started to say to me, listen, it's been tough for us with lockdown and all sorts of things. She says, you know what I started to do? Those clients that have, have uh, not come back to the salon, we phoned every single one of them and we said, hey, what's up? Many of them said, hey, we've got health challenges. We're not ready to come back yet. We're still waiting to be vaccinated, etc., etc." She says, well, would it help if we came to you? So I said, sure. So she said, so instead of working five days a week, I now work six days a week. And on the sixth day, they, f- they phone in all throughout the week and they book me for time slots for the whole day. She'd never been busier. And encouraging she responded to what life was throwing her way and guys coming back to Jesus and the parable this is the essence of what he's teaching us life gets complicated sometimes you get fired I mean this guy got fired for all the right reasons but sometimes you know life is unfair and what he's saying to us is learn to respond to life. What would it take for you to respond to life? About that health challenge, you know there's that niggle and you've been ignoring it and you've just been hoping it would go away, you know? What will it take for you to respond today? How long do you want your finances to be rowing in the wrong direction? At what point in time will you want to stop the boat, retake, take stock or re re-evaluate and say, we start implementing biblical principles? How long do you want to be disconnected from your kids? What will it take for you to shut down the Wi-Fi in their room? I mean, I'm using that as an example because it's very topical, but you know, you, know the, you know the things that you have. Here's the, here's the point. Ask God for the wisdom to, to give you the wisdom for what you need to do to respond to your challenge. Sure. So good. Decide today, I'm not gonna use the Christianese rubbish. I'm gonna pray about it. No, what you're gonna do is you're gonna say, I'm gonna come up with a solution. I'm gonna get hold of a friend. I'm gonna propose the solution to them. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna do this. What do you think? And respond to life. I love the story of Play-Doh. Everybody played with Play-Doh at some stage in your life? Yes? I used to love Play-Doh in, in preschool and primary school. We used to take the Play-Doh and put it into the girl's hair. <laughs> Any other guys do that? Come on, I'm not alone. You dodgy bunch of, yes, thank you. <laughs> see that hand, I see that hand, I see that. The guy who was making um, advances on a peewee, he's confessed openly. He's off the list, there'll be no application. (laughs) Take the application down. (laughs) Play-Doh, it's an awesome product, isn't it? Do you know where Play-Doh started? It started in the 1930s and the company was actually, it was started as a chemical cleaning agent. It was there in order to uh, remove coal residue from people's homes and businesses. People would heat up their rooms, particularly in Europe, they would heat up their spaces using coal. And coal gives off like a a fine black residue. And so Play-Doh was actually something that you would use to clean off the residue from the surfaces. But in the 1940s and 50s, as oil and gas usage increased and coal usage decreased, they wondered to themselves, the board of Play-Doh, would there be any space for our product anymore because nobody seems to be cleaning coal residue anymore. Until they heard a story of a preschool teacher in Cincinnati, Ohio. And this lady wasn't using Play-Doh to clean off off coal residue. You know what she was using it for? She was using it in her preschool with her kids for the kids to play with. They heard about this and then they thought to themselves, maybe this lady's onto something. And they decided that white Play-Doh would be very, very boring. And they set about creating Play-Doh in all of the colors that you and I know and love today. What's the point? The point is they responded to what was in front of them. I love this quote by Viktor Frankl because it I think it epitomizes and maybe summarizes and brings together everything that I've been saying to us today. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space, right, is our power to choose. It's our response. It's our power to choose what we will respond, how we will respond. And in our response lies our growth and lies our freedom. Can I invite us to stand this morning and to take a moment and to respond. Team, you can join me, thank you so much. Uh, Let me make a statement to us today. I think it's important uh, for what we've been talking about. Getting older doesn't make us wiser. What makes us wiser is reflecting on our age and reflecting on our experience. Maybe I could say it this way. Experience doesn't make you wiser. Reflected upon experience makes you wiser. Getting older can just make you grumpier. (laughs) But reflected upon experience makes us wiser we've got a choice this morning haven't we each one of us as to how we will respond and I've been talking all the the central message of this is that faithfulness matters it determines our future and that we have to respond to life let's take a moment and pray let's just take a moment And in your, let's trust for the Holy Spirit in this moment, I'm really trusting for the Holy Spirit to bring breakthrough in your thinking and in my thinking. And simply the question is this, is what in my life needs a response? And God, would you give me the wisdom and the strategy to respond? If you're gonna pray about it, hey, listen church, if you're gonna pray about it, now's the time. Nobody praying about anything that they have no intention of doing anything with after this. Right now is the time to pray. What are we gonna do? We're gonna ask God for the strategy. Lord, how do we respond? How do we respond? What needs a response in your life? Have it said health challenge? You know, hoping that a health challenge will go away or hoping that finances will turn or hoping that your kids will come out of their rooms and be more connected or hoping that a marriage will just start to, to have some spark in it or hoping that a friendship will happen or hoping that a, a, a partner will arrive on the scene. You know, can I, I often say this to single people, if you're single, and you wanna get hitched, the only dude who's gonna arrive at your door is the FedEx guy. So don't rely on him. Respond. Gotta do something. So Father, in these moments, we ask you just, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you can give us the thoughts. You can give us the strategy. You can let us know what we need to do in the moments and in the times. And right now we just pray that uh, the area in our life that needs response. You just highlighted to us. I pray, Lord, that it would just be like a torch shining on that area right now in Jesus' name, that you'll give us wisdom. And as we're in this moment, we're also invited to respond to Jesus and we're invited to evaluate our response to Jesus. How how have you been responding to Jesus? And maybe his teachings have been somewhat ignored Or maybe you feel like they've been somewhat irrelevant or maybe they're just plain too difficult for you, you feel. Maybe you've been wondering if he is even real in your life. Maybe you've been wondering if he exists because the situation hasn't been solved. Maybe you've been wondering, does God even care? This morning, can I invite you to respond to him simply by saying, here I am, here I am. God, here I am, would you work? In my life, would you make yourself real to me? I'm drawing near to you. Here's a, here's a. I wanna speak this over our lives today. The scripture says that if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Let's draw near to him. God, here's my heart. You see my heart. You see my life. You see my doubts. You see everything in my life. You see the victories. You see the hopes. You see the joys. You see the disappointments and the disillusionment. Here I am. Would you work in my life? last response today is to make a decision to follow Jesus today I want to invite you to respond to follow Jesus I'm not asking this morning whether you've been in church many times or or a few times I'm not asking if you grew up in a Christ following household or not today I'm asking just one simple yet profound question is do you want to respond to Jesus the one who is God made flesh the one who lived a perfect life died a death in our place seated at the right hand of God the Father praying for you right now the one who shed his blood so that you and I could have the forgiveness of our sin. The one who wants to not only be savior and and secure your eternity with the father in heaven who loves you, but the one who wants to be the Lord of your life and He is the best Lord you would ever serve. There is no other Lord you could ever hope to possibly serve. He is kind, he is gracious. He will lead you to streams of quiet water. He will lead you beside beautiful paths. He'll lead you to fields of abundance and not always circumstantially, but internally. Those of us who know and love and follow Jesus have discovered that our internal worlds can be filled with joy and hope and grace and love and peace while in the midst of the most crazy things going on in our world. So my question is just, do you want to follow Jesus? And I'd love to lead you in a prayer, if that's you this morning, it'd be my privilege to pray for you. I'm just gonna do a quick count to three. When I get to three, shoot up your hand nice and high. Say, that's me, I wanna include you in my prayer. Just wanna know who I'm praying for. And then we'll give you some next steps after the service. Ready on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Hands up all across this place. If that's you this morning. Thank you. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, will just wait a moment. Thank you, sir, up in the balcony. I can see you as well. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you so many. Online, if you wanna respond in this moment, just WhatsApp the words, follow Jesus. Come church, let's pray together, I'll lead us. Father, in these moments, thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your life, the ultimate life, the best life, the life like no other life lived before or after. Jesus, thank you for your words. Thank you for your teaching. Thank you for your example. Thank you that you came not only to teach us how to live life, but you came to redeem us. You came to pay the price for us. You came to give us a new slate, a fresh slate, a clean slate. Thank you that we find not only life and life to the full in you, but we find life in abundance and we find life in eternity with you. And we're so grateful for your work. We're so grateful for your life. We're so grateful for your death. We're so grateful for your resurrection. Lord, we wanna just move our lives towards you. We wanna learn how to be with you, become like you and do what you did. And in this moment, we ask, would you forgive us? Would you cleanse us? And would you lead us into the path that you have for our lives? In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, would you give it up for all those this morning? We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.